thing on. Welcome back to another episode of The Cut. I'm your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing good. It's been a bit of a while. A little bit of busy yeah. schedules for the both of us the last couple of weeks, and it's only going to get worse, but here we are. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so we, we apologize for the hiatus. We didn't mean to have uh, this long of a hiatus, but, um, you know. I went to a work conference and then we had a big uh, rookie ad drop on football guys, which is totally free. So you guys should go check that out too. Um, but we were working on that and then, you know, Randy's been super busy with the sports. So, but we are back. Uh, we're going to have another episode early next week and then we're hopefully going to have Friday fixes. And you'll notice this is an episode of the Friday fix. We It's clearly Saturday. Um, so it's really like not the Friday fix, but uh, it is, we are going to be talking about the Chicago Bears today. Um, we figured we'd start with the easy one, the one that everyone's talking about. What are they going to do with the first overall pick? Uh, how are they going to spend all of their money? And in these episodes, we do talk through you know, the state of the team, current cap situation, key free agents, go through a five-round mock to start. We'll get to the seven-rounders here in the next couple of weeks, a uh, few weeks, I guess I should say. Um and then we kind of go through what the what the new roster would look like and how we fixed the team essentially. So, Randy, uh, just quick update: we usually switch to seven once free agency is done because we'll just do a free agency review real quick and then switch right. over just for timeline. Plus, it yeah. helps us get to seven rounds of people. Exactly. Exactly. Even you know some of these guys in the that were available and because I did a lot of seven round mocks just to see you know how I would attack it. I'm not I'm not quite there yet. I haven't quite gotten to all the seventh round prospects just yet, but hopefully in yeah. the next few weeks. Um, okay. Do you have anything to add before we uh, dive in? No, let's get into it. All right. Um, so state of the team. So the Chicago Bears had a a pretty rough year. Obviously, they're picking first overall, but on the surface, like they were competitive a lot of the year despite having a pretty rough depth chart. Uh, their overall pro football focus grade was 31st, 62.8. Uh, their best grade was their run offense. Their worst grade was their run defense. They were 14th with their run offense grade, and then they were 31st with their run defense grade. That is key because that is kind of going to drive some of these conversations about what they may do at the top of this draft, how they might attack free agency. Um, we'd go through the current depth chart, but uh, it's rough. There aren't too many like you know players that you build around. I think we are both of the mindset that Justin Fields is one of those players, and this trade Justin Fields and take a quarterback talk is insane to me, um, especially Justin Fields did finish ninth in MVP voting, by the way. He got a fifth-place vote, and that pushed him to ninth. Pretty sick. Um but do you disagree with that, Randy? Do you think that they should uh, trade Justin Fields for a slew of picks? That is just so <laughs> rude to start and slander me like that. 
<laughs> uh, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think you're able to trade Justin Fields for this like ridiculous hole. Uh, like, you might get a first back. I mean, I would assume you would, but like, it's tough. We're gonna see the market for uh, like Rogers here if he comes back from his trip and wants to play football, and uh, Derek Carr here really soon. So we can get a better judge of that, but you're just not going to get some ridiculous value for it. Uh, people are going to want to have more of a reset quarterback market if they're going to trade all that. So it doesn't work. I think he is, you know, obviously he's the top 10 fantasy quarterback uh, for real life football. He played really well. I thought, you know, his, his, he did a lot with nothing. Uh, it's hard to really judge a lot of his field vision and decision-making when, you know, your best receiver a lot of the weeks was Equinemius St. Brown or Dante Pettis. Like, these are all last-ditch efforts of the league. So I think you do have a young core of receivers and Mooney, Claypool, and Vilas Jones that you might be able to use. Um, I think we both really like Mooney. I think we know there's a role for Claypool. We'll just see if he actually gets used in this role. Um, And they obviously got to add in there. Other cornerstones, I mean, Cole Komet. Uh, I think people are on the train of Tevin Jenkins as a guard as a cornerstone piece. Yep. Uh, Kyler Gordon, uh, Jalen Johnson, and Jaquan Briskers. So three secondary players. That's the only people I could list that could be cornerstone pieces of this team. Uh, so they're a little bit better off than like the Texans, but not by a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so the uh, the two pro football focus grades that they ranked 31st in, the Texans were the worst team. The Texans were the worst team in football last year. It yeah. just so happens that they ruined their chance at the first overall pick with that last week. Um, it, yeah. For those Lo- folks, Lovey Smith and Davis Mills said, we're, we're going out swinging and fuck yeah. everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was pretty awesome. Um, so I, I think Tevin Jenkins is for sure a cornerstone piece to build around. I'm still iffy on Komet. I think Komet can be good. I think we sh- we know that he's a good red zone threat. I just don't know if he's like a difference maker that you pay top dollar for at the tight end position. Um, yeah. But on, like- on the other side of things, though, is like they have to spend money, which we will get to here in a second. So maybe you just extend him uh, for like three years instead of like a four or five year deal. And then maybe he is a cornerstone piece that you build around and you get him at a discount for those three years. And then you extend him again. He's a young player. Um, but I just don't know. Is he a difference maker at the position? I don't know the answer to that. I difference maker? Probably not. I think he is, you know, at least have, like average in the league, you know, as the yeah. starters, uh, you know, near the bottom of the top end. So awkward way to say it is he's a top 15 tight end most likely. Um, I think he's a cornerstone of this roster. Sure. I don't know if he's a cornerstone of the franchise at the position, but I think a possible small extension, which I'm not even sure is possible, because you have to be in your fourth year. Yeah, yeah I think it's F, like during this year he can extend. Uh, yeah. So once the so new league year starts, I think technically that's it. Decent shout to give him just like a small, heavy, you know, front-loaded cash-wise contract up early to spend some of this cash. Um, and then if, you know, when the rest of the roster is full out built in two or three years, hopefully, you can say, well, it was a nice try. We're going to get blank this year instead. And yeah. Figure it out. 
Yeah. Um, the other name I wanted to mention, Jack Sanborn is looking like he could be that. Um, on the other side of things, their run defense was really bad. Most of that was not Sanborn's fault, and a lot of his production came on mop-up set or mop-up tackles. Um, so I'm interested to see what he looks like with a decent front in front of him um, and to really determine if he is one of those pieces to build around. But overall, depth chart sucks. Um, not a whole lot to be excited about. Um, I do think if Mooney and Claypool are healthy down the stretch, I think the Bears probably aren't even picking second overall. I think they're probably third or fourth uh, because I do think that Mooney definitely – has that separating ability that Fields likes, and and they showed some good connections early in the year. Let's get to the cap situation um, because it's it's very good. Ryan Ryan Poles did a really good job in setting this team up for success this offseason, as long as they you know actually attack it the right way. Randy hit us with uh, their their top fifty one number, and then what needs to happen this year? So they're just over 98.5 million, 98.6 million uh, in cap space. They do have good cap space for the next three years as well. So they're set up for the future, uh, even with spending a lot this year if they need to, which they do. They can still uh, have a lot of flexibility going forward and they can work out contracts. So, you know, they're paying the piper now and then being able to reevaluate in a couple of years. Uh, but they have been really stingy <laughs> spending, and that's what's led to this kind of cap space. And because of that, you, you basically, from 2020, there was a new kind of uh, cap rule for three years. You had to spend so much uh, in that period in cash. So not necessarily the cap, but signing bonuses, uh, roster bonuses, you know, all, all that kind of extra stuff. And, uh, they have to spend about 142 to 147 million dollars this year in cash. So look for extensions for Mooney, for Claypool, for Jalen Johnson, for Komet, uh, all these guys that could be cornerstone pieces. They're going to lock them up and give them huge paydays right now to you know front load these deals and keep cap flexibility for the future. But they have to meet a minimum requirement this year. Uh, I know I want to say you have to spend like 90% of your cap as well, like in the three-year period. So they're clearly far behind that number and they, they will continue to roll cap. I, I do think they're going to have a decent amount to roll next year, um, even with a lot of these moves, but they need to really focus up and they're going to spend this money. I mean, it, there's no league, you know, there's no GM in this league. There's no, for an office in this league would, that would screw up and not spend what they have to require. Um, but it's going to be kind of exciting to see all the moves that they do. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. I think Ryan Poles' mentality was we've identified the pieces that Ryan Pace put in place that are worth keeping around. And we have also identified what our biggest needs are. And that would be the two trenches and, on offensive and defensive line. And the good thing is that both of those free agent classes, and I would argue that the, the draft classes are pretty strong in that nature. And so I think what polls did is he said, you know what, we're going to attack this twofold. We're going to attack it in free agency. We're also going to attack it uh, in the draft, despite what we do in, in free agency. So I think that that's going to be a, a major key this off season. 
They do have a lot of free agents as well. Um, let's so David Montgomery is the one uh, that I think people are going to talk about a lot. There's been some. He, he wants to come back. There have been some reports that they don't necessarily view him as a guy that they should spend money on at the running back position because from a fit perspective, he's not really the best running back for the system. On the other side of things, he was pretty productive despite that, and his running style definitely offered a different uh, dynamic than Khalil Herbert's did. Do you think that there's a shot that they extend – Montgomery for for a while yeah I I do I I think there's a really good chance that they at least bring him back for this year like I said they have to spend this money um you might as well bring him back because he's pretty much your I I mean besides fields he was your most productive weapon even if it isn't the perfect scheme fit he's your best pass catching running back he's your best bruising running back so goal line running back he is a three down workhorse that you can really rely on uh, where Herbert really hasn't shown that he just showed that he can rip off some big runs here and there. So I, I think it is good one, two punch there. And I think bringing back Montgomery is a smart financial play for them because if you, the only other option here is to either spend big at someone else, in my opinion, like Saquon or Josh Jacobs, and then you're sinking so much money into the running back position that hasn't really proved the best thing in the past or you draft someone highly and then like Bajan's going to be gone by your second pick is Gibbs the best fit for the system and like then you're waiting until third round most likely and it's it starts to get muddy in the water so I'd rather bring back Montgomery this year and just flesh it out for the future and not have to worry for the next year or two about the running back position when it comes to draft or free agency. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that mindset. I will, we'll talk about it. I took a little bit of a different approach uh, and I'll explain that as we get to it. Some other free agents, uh, Nicholas Morrow, uh, Riley reef. You listed Riley reef as a starter. That's technically true. He was in and out of the lineup. The bears rotated their offensive line. It, it an incredible rate this year. And I think it was mostly an evaluation thing. Um, But also they just did not get good play out of anyone on the offensive line. So I think they were trying different combinations. Uh, Some other guys, Byron Pringle, Angelo Blackson, Nikhila Harry, Ryan Griffin, DeAndre Houston, Carson, Patrick Scales, Matthew Adams, Dane Cruikshank, Dakota Dozier, Michael Schofield, Mike Pinnell, Dante Pettis, Joe Thomas, not the hall of famer. Uh, Nathan, Nathan Peterman, Kari Blasengame, Trayvon Wesco, and Armand Watts. So uh, they also have restricted free agents. Lostifer, uh, and then Josh Blackwell has generated a little bit of hype as a guy that they might want to bring back. Um, it, so we'll, we'll talk about who we, we think they'll bring back. But based on what we've already said, there aren't too many pieces that I think they're going to be ecstatic to bring back. I think that we're going to be looking at a very different bears team next year. Yeah. I think there was a few people that flashed and we're, we're both going to cover them and most likely bring most of them back um, or flashed at least a little bit or best of the situation at that kind of position. So I think they're definitely coming back. Um, and this is, you know, with a team with this much cap room, like there's key cut candidates for them. That is so weird to say uh, because they could increase their cap room even more if they so choose to. 
it seems to be a little bit of a fool's gold thing to do that, um, just because of how much money he has to spend anyways. Uh, but Justin Jones and uh, oh, what is – Muhammad is the defensive end. I'm trying to fully remember his actual his name. name. I'll, I'll, I'll Shazir, I think, something like that. Yeah, um, I, I don't want to say the wrong one. That's why it's like I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh it looks like we both cut him. Uh so that's yeah. I think that's the way we're gonna say this. Yeah. Um no one I mean Justin Jones I think had a relatively good year. Patrick at center was hit or miss. Um I, I think you could bring him back and be happy because they like their guards, but yeah. yeah. And honestly, there's not a ton of centers in this league. <laughs> so just having one, even if you drafted someone to replace him or a guard or whatever, or sign someone else, having him as a high paid backup isn't the worst case either. Uh, but Muhammad is a little bit more of a, a move piece, especially because it does look like they are attacking the edge position, uh, at least in the draft, if not in both that and free agency. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Patrick to me, I th- I understand if they go a different direction and go get so I'll I'll talk about exactly what my strategy was. I I chose to cut him as well. Um he was not good. Also them liking their guards shouldn't matter a whole lot because Cody Whitehair was atrocious and I think they definitely need an upgrade at left guard. On the other side of things like in the run game he was good. And so that if that is your strength and that is what you want to build on uh, then I think that maybe they keep him around. Maybe he is a trade candidate um, if they do decide to upgrade. But also, at this point, just keep these guys as as high-value backups that you've seen play. You know that they're not that great, but probably better than a lot of backups that you'd end up with um, if you chose to go a different direction. So, Yeah, I think the key part of like listing what they actually like from this team is more – not saying that they won't go out and get replacements or draft replacements or future replacements, uh, but it's just say it lessens the priority of the team. So that's sure. that's the key aspect of that. But I do agree, White here in the passing game is not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, let's tackle free agency. Uh, Randy, this is going to be a long segment. There are a lot of names that we added because obviously they have to spend. So they are going to add a lot of names. Randy, you go first. Yeah. So I can just start out by saying I spent $63 million. Uh, So that's, we'll just start off with that, but bringing back people, uh, Nicholas Moreau, I brought him back two years, seven and a half million. Uh, I think that could go up to eight or nine as well, just to spend more money. Um, for what it's worth, Moreau has had an up-and-down career for sure, but he played really, really well at the tail end of his career with the Raiders, uh, and he played really, really well this year for the Bears. He really stepped up. Honestly, this linebacking core played much better than people expected, especially with Roquan Smith leaving and you know making a huge void for these guys to step up. Speaking of, I brought back Joe Thomas as well. Uh, again, not the Hall of Famer, but a veteran linebacker on a year-million-dollar contract. This gives you a base of the three linebackers that you really like. Um, And (laughs) Joe Thomas. Oh, my God. Why am I blanking on the dude's name? We just talked Jack Sanburn and Nicholas Moreau. And then that way you can kind of fill out the rest of that position. If you can a free agency, it's not the strongest class for that. 
Um, and the best ones are older. So they're probably not going to come to a rebuilding team. That's the kind of the issue there. Uh, but then you, this class is a little top heavy at the linebackers. So if you don't end up getting one you like, uh, you're not losing out if you bring back both of them. I also brought back Armand Watts at the tackle year, 1.6 million, and Kareem Blasting Game, Kareem Blasting Game. Okay. Uh, one year, <laughs> okay. I don't know why I butchered that. And finally, David Montgomery, two years, 14 million. Uh, really front loaded, so the the tag is about ten and a half million for running backs, if memory serves. So getting him for about seven million a year or front loaded this year, and it's cheaper next year, uh, which makes him a cut candidate next year if it's not breaking out. And you just want to retool the whole running back game. I think that works. Again, I I think it's the biggest deal to just not have to worry about the running back position this year, just because you have two that you like. Yeah, I like it. Free agents actually bring it in. Caleb McGarry, four years, $71 million to play your right tackle because uh, Alex Leatherwood is barely an offensive lineman. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, three years, $44 million to be a starting edge for you. Uh, played decent for the Raiders last year. Has played pretty well for the Colts this last year. Um, so I do think it's a good step up for them. Uh, Dalvin Thompson to your 17 million to anchor your rebuilding of the deep tackle room. This is also, I think both of these signings are a bit of a, what, like a safety blanket for you in case you do trade back further or you miss out on Carter or, uh, wow. Anderson. Anderson. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, if you miss out on one of those two, uh, and you really, this way, if you get one, then you're set up in that position for the next few years. If not, then you still have a good starter there, no matter what. I also brought in Greedy Williams for a year, $5 million. I don't think the Browns going to be able to pay him because they have to bring back more people. They aren't in the best cap situation. I do think they restructure a few people. Uh, but the third corner on the team that really hasn't been healthy, and he did play really well at times this last year, but they have Emerson and multiple other corners that have stepped up that I think it's time for Greedy Williams to be out of this team. Uh, but I do think he still could be a starting edge corner for you or slot if you really need it. Um, but this way, it's a kind of a prove-it deal for him. Uh, Jordan Ankins, one year, $2.5 million. Go from the worst team to the second worst team, but <laughs> the Bears need a backup tight end or at least someone to compete He's a bit more athletic, in my opinion, than Cole Komet as well. So he could be a move piece for this team. And then Paris Campbell, one year, two and a half million. Add a speedster to this receiving core. He's never been healthy. So this is his most healthy year this last year, ironically. And he did have some good games. But this way, he is, you know, at worst, the top three option going into the draft for a team. Um, and it gets him into a new situation with a quarterback that – could really use a guy that can break away really quick. And if you can have him and Claypool on the other side, both being heavy, short usage, uh, just breakaway candidates, and then you have a real breakaway candidate on the outside of Mooney, I think you could pretty much get any receiver you like in the draft at that point and just hope to develop them. Yeah, I do. The only thing I'd push back on, would, I think Campbell's going to get some money, man. I, I really think that, I mean, they have it, so it really doesn't matter. Like, even if you gave him, like, yeah. like I, I gave him, I also signed him. 
Um, but I give him like seven million a year just because I think we did see finally the health this year and the product. I mean, he had six hundred yards this year. Um, he did. And so I I think just with the uh, the free agent landscape too, in terms of what these receivers are, I think it's going to be like a not a Christian Kirk deal because that deal was pretty nuts at the time, but it proved oh, to be no. right. <laughs> but I think it's going to definitely get him a little bit more money and the bears definitely have the money to spend on it. So it's true. The only issue for me is I think Juju is probably the best receiver of this free agent class. And I don't think he gets that much to stay with the chiefs. Yeah. So I think that's I, like fair. you can't pay Paris more because he's barely played. So you don't think, I, I think you don't I can think he's getting seven though. I don't think he's getting seven or anywhere get close 10? in my opinion. Didn't he get I 10 think last he... year? Oh. Juju? Oh, Juju? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Paris. I was like, no, he's not getting seven. Uh, no. Juju, I think, had 10, but it was a heavy incentive-leading contract. I think okay. it'll be the same thing to return just because there's no <laughs> – there's just nothing yeah. out there, really. Jacoby. Uh, Jacoby's the other, like – Jacoby's wild card. Yeah. So he might get the most money and that could be to the Texans. That could be to the bears. But could to be. me, it's just not the best fit for the bears only because of what they've built the receiver room already. I'd rather take a lower tier and go Paris, but I, I do think Paris could get up to 5 million a year. It's just, yeah. Yeah. The other piece of it is like, I was also, I'm overspending on these guys. Cause I, I yes. think you'll have to overspend a bit to get people to go there just with the state of the roster. Um, but I do think that a receiver might be fine not doing that to play with Justin Fields because the league loves Justin Fields, whether you know the media does or not. Like everyone talks about how fun it is to play with him, so um, or how good of a quarterback he is too. So no, I I really like that the greedy Williams thing too. That bumps Kyler Gordon on into nickel full time, which I think is where he's going to settle in. Um, yeah, and I think that that's a good move for sure. Okay, I'm going to go through mine. Um, you know, I didn't really bring too many pieces back. Um, and so I'll start. I, I brought back Joe Thomas, uh, two years, four million. So a little bit more, again, just overspending because they need to. Uh, but short-term deals, I think that if they do overspend on these guys, it'll be within two to three years. They know they there's an opportunity that they they may have to extend Justin Fields and not get into this Lamar Dak situation that we've seen. Um, and so they've got to save some money for that. We talked about all the other extensions. Um, so then I brought back Kari Blasen game as well. Two years, two million. Uh, just bring back your fullback. I think that he played well, relatively well. Um, and I do think that a fullback is necessary with mm -hmm. this run first offense that I think they're going to continue to use. Those are the only two I brought back. And then I went, Mike McGlinchey is my right tackle signing. Uh, I do think that they will sign a tackle, a big name tackle immediately. And I think that they will spend a ton of money to get him. Um, I said four years, 65 million. I think that makes sense. I think that he is a perfect fit for their scheme too. And so you're really shoring up that right side. I think Braxton Jones is probably the starting left tackle going into next year. I think he showed enough. So I think they do attack that right side and put someone next to Tevin Jenkins that can really make sure that at least Justin Fields' front side is, is protected pretty well. 
Then I went to James Bradbury, two years, $27 million. That is a huge overpay, but James Bradbury is still playing well. Uh, we're, we're seeing it still. Uh, I do think that he may not return uh, to the Eagles because they're in kind of – they're in okay cap situation, but it's not e- exactly – he wouldn't get this kind of money from the Eagles. So he's no, a good fit for them. And, and depending on the outcome of tomorrow uh, – this could be more likely if the Eagles do win. He already has the ring. He can yeah. kind of go get his money now, and that's what this contract would be. Yeah, for sure. And I, I went a little rogue, and I, I paid a linebacker, which – so they they actively traded Roquan Smith because they didn't want to pay him, but Roquan Smith also wanted 15 to – well, more than $15 million a year. Um, he, he wanted $20 million a year. I gave a five year, $70 million contract to David Long, who I think really good. I think he paid extraordinarily well in the Titans defense this year. He was kind of the engine that made it go. So essentially you flipped Roquan into David Long, saved a little bit of money and also got a guy that I think fits their scheme really well. So went that direction Zach Allen, uh, defensive lineman from the Cardinals, kind of a versatile piece, um, but a bigger guy that I think that the Bears will like. Three years, $40 million. Attack the trenches. That's pretty much my my mindset here. Charles Amenahu, uh, one year, $12 million. Another guy that he played well, got hurt, kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit with the 49ers this year, but a guy that I think showed enough to warrant getting a $10-plus million deal, even if it's short-term to a, more of a prudent deal. Paris Campbell, three years, $21 million. Go lock him up for a few years. I think, uh, you know, if you trust your medical staff to to keep him healthy, um, I think that you're comfortable with him as a top three option in your wide receiver room, which I think that's what he would be for the Bears immediately. And I will say this contract would be like a cap of 21. Like, sure. Yeah, this would be a heavy incentive, basically all playing time too, because that's what teams are going to be offering Paris Campbell. Yeah, for sure. Um, but he does bring that, like you already talked about it. But the the short stuff can turn a screen into a, a home run touchdown. Um, I, I think that that is the type of receiver that the Bears are going to covet because I think they thought they were getting that in Velas Jones, and he just he's got a lot of work to do. Um, is Felix Jones older than Paris Campbell? That can't be he, right, right? He's probably close. I mean, they're probably similar aged. That can't um, be right, but it seems you, right. You should look that up as I go through the rest of this. Um, okay, next, Dalton Reisner, four years, $35 million. Guy that played well early, um, played okay over the last couple of years, but not a guy that I think that will be retained uh, by the Vikings. So... Uh, four years, $35 million. Pretty decent amount, but that shores up your left guard spot. I do think they attack two offensive starting offensive line positions with free agency. I don't think that prevents them from going and drafting guys, uh, but I do think that they're confident that they can maybe develop Jachiri Carter into a, a viable backup, uh, and I also think they're going to take shots late in this draft because that's what Ryan Poles likes to do. Um, but Dalton Reisner slots in as your starting left guard immediately. Uh, then I went to Alan Lazard, two years, $21 million. Super short-term deal, but Alan Lazard does not seem to want to go back to Green Bay. Um, did you find the answer? Paris Campbell is two months older 
yeah, oh insane. my god it's yeah. may and july that's like may 11th july 16th so context for that for folks that don't know much about Bayless jones he was a rookie last year uh and a bad one at that you really step up um and be productive and paris campbell is through his entire rookie contract so that's pretty remarkable um, but then, like I said, I added Alan Lazard as well. I do think that they're just going to take some shots. And, you know, I don't think that there's anyone outside of Mooney and Claypool that they like in that wide receiver room. I think Bayless Jones will be kept as like a special teams guy. I also wouldn't be shocked if uh, they add a, a third or fourth receiver from free agency. Is just like, let's take a shot on these guys. Uh, next, Rashad Penny. That is the direction I went with the running back position. I think Penny when healthy is one of the best runners in the NFL, just from a pure running standpoint that said he he's not healthy really ever. Even we saw a glimpse of what he could be early this year. And then he got hurt again. I think a change of scenery will help. Um, and I think that a one year deal is what he's going to get. He fits the Bears scheme to perfection. That is the type of runner that I think they're looking for. So I think that that, is a, a sneaky i'm pretty i'm pretty confident that they'll covet him uh in free agency but he also gives I'm... you a bit of monty of that the power back the goal line but he still has the one cut that you get from uh herbert that they really covet in this scheme yes for sure for sure so then i i didn't bring david montgomery back i i you know, I initially did. I brought them both back, but then they also have Khalil Herbert. I don't think that they want three backs. They drafted Tristan Ebner last good. Uh, so I, I just went with Rashad Penny, and then we'll tackle the draft later. There's another guy that I like. Uh, Ethan Pochich, two years, $13 million as your backup center, backup because of the draft that we'll talk about soon. And that's it. Um I ended up spending, I think on average, this might be a little inflated. I did quick math while Randy was talking about a hundred million, about 99 million is what this comes out to um, on average per year. On the other side of things, like I'd probably front load these and bump that number up even a little bit more um, so that you have more flexibility next year. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, we talked through team needs quite a bit. Obviously, the offensive line, the defensive line, and wide receiver are the, the main positions. But I will argue that cornerback is pretty high up as well. More linebackers, which we tackled in free agency. And then running back does slot in there. Um, but once again, Ryan Poles is going to tag trench. So, Randy, how did you approach the draft? Did you take Bryce Young first overall? I did not. Um, so we both traded back and we both selected one of the teams we were going to trade back with uh, to try and diversify this. Uh, I did take the farther trade back, giving Christian the more likely scenario. Uh, I did the trade back with the Panthers. Um, I, I do think that the Raiders would give up a lot less. Well, not a lot less, but they give up less to move up. But there's a lot of linkage there to Aaron Rodgers if he's coming back. I think there's going to be a great deal of Jimmy G talk if that falls through. I don't feel strongly of them trading up for the one with all the rest of the team needs that they have. The Panthers, I mean, they're trying to make this work and trying to get this right. 
under Frank Reich and just get it nailed right now. So for me, I trade back there. I trade the 101. And this is honestly a little bit less than I've seen a lot of places, uh, but this is a lot uh, because they do have to top what uh, Christian is getting from spoiler alert, the Colts uh, to, to move up that far in the draft. So I traded 101 for 109, 239, 261, 24 first and 25 first. I do think there's a possibility of getting like a fourth or fifth back in one of those years as well. But this is what I was getting uh, back the most in the trade simulators uh, for all these mock drafts. So this is what I went with. And with the 109, I took Miles Murphy. Uh, for some reason, I didn't put college and everything, but Edge from Clemson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that I forgot to do that. Uh, but he is just a really talented upside guy, really scheme versatile, which is good because this team doesn't really fully know the flushed out of what they're going to do on defense right now. I, obviously, they, they have an ideal identity, but it hasn't been flushed out because they don't have the talent yet. Size, length, explosion, pretty good fluidity. Uh, I, I do think he could play with power or speed, so he can he's more versatile than people. You know, give him credit for this is a I, I feel like some teams are gonna like him, some teams are gonna like uh Smith, right? Who's mm. who's the AM? Oh Randy, right? you're asking <laughs> his you're name asking isn't yeah. I uh, give me a second. You're Are fine. you talking Tyree Wilson? Well, yes. The one from uh, it's Texas Tech, not AM. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I do think there's obviously Will Anderson's going first of the edges, and then there's another tier of those two, and then there's another drop down of like three tiers of edge of like an edge. And then another drop. So I think getting an edge here to be your stud is a smart play. He does need to grow as a finisher. Definitely the deep edge has been a struggle for him. Uh, and counter rushes, counters to pick up the rush is definitely a struggle for him at times. Uh, but a lot of times he didn't need to because of the rest of the Clemson defense. So it wasn't a, a top need for him. So that's where I went with my first. Do you want to go with your first? Do you want me to just go right through? Um, let's go alternating. Let's, let's see how that works quickly on the Murphy pick. I, I like it. It's definitely a traits based pick, which I feel is something they're going to do, uh, simply because they don't have guys with traits. And that's a lot of the problem right now is they just don't have guys that could be, uh, potential stars. Miles Murphy is that the production hasn't really been there though. He, I think he had seven sacks last year, uh, maybe seven sacks the, this year too. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he, no, you finish your thought. But I was just gonna say, I just he's not a guy that's like the numbers are gonna jump off the page for you. But the, yeah. once again, that's because of that Clemson defensive line, um, and and just how loaded it was. Like he would pressure, and then someone would mop up the sack, and so even some of those numbers, like his pressure rates, are still good. Um, yeah. So, and that was my point: is we're gonna have that's gonna be a recurring issue with Brian Mercier, uh Simpson linebacker, like it's it's a recurring thing where we're like, okay, all of them could have had these better stats, but because they were all there, no one did. Um, right. And it's the same problem we usually have with Georgia, Bama. It's it just there's so much talent. Ohio State, a couple of years ago, did, um, but it's just how it is. There's just so much there that no one's completely standing out in terms of stats. 
Yeah, for sure. All right, I'll I'll give my first pick. Uh, so, like Randy said, I traded with the Colts. Some of these hauls that I've seen, Bears fans are going to be a little disappointed, I think, with what actually comes through. If they trade all the way back to nine, like the haul that Randy got, that's ideal. On the other side of things, I do think that they want to make sure they pick up an early second, which you did as well. Um, but that was a key component to the trade with the Colts too. So I went with 101 and the 134th pick at the back of the fourth round. So I packaged those two for 104, 235, a 2024 first and a 2024 second. I didn't get a third first round pick. You're going back three picks for this. Um, I will say if it's the Colts, I think that the price does go up a bit because they are getting in front of their division rivals and the Texans. I do think that maybe that makes it so you can snag a third or something here. Uh, that said, this trade is more realistic than some of the ones that I've seen. So, and then I traded yeah. back and I ended up with Jalen Carter. So sorry, go ahead. Uh, quickly. They're not trading Michael Pittman, DeForest Buckner, Jonathan Taylor, the fourth pick, the second pick, next year's first, and the first after. Just stop. And yeah. Bears aren't also trading back six times. Just not. Correct. It's not realistic Correct. and not happening. I, I, there's a world in which I do see a double trade back, though. Um, it's not. It's not impossible, but it, the odds are really not great. And the most likely scenario there is if they barely trade back to two, it don't take a lot, and then yes. trade back again. Which I th- I toyed with that idea, getting the Texans to the 101 and then the Colts coming up to 102 to make sure no one jumped them once again. Because at this point, I think the Cardinals would be willing to trade back as well. Yeah, um, they are. They, so, know, they know this next year, unless they bring in like a Jameis Winston or someone, is almost going to be a tank with Kyler's injury and contract sure. taking up too much money. Yeah, exactly. So, but I didn't do that. Uh, I do think there's a world in which DeForest Buckner gets traded, but you're not getting that second pick and you might not even get a second first um, because of that. I think the bears will choose to go get a different defensive tackle on Jalen Carter, which is who I selected here. Uh, I think the odds that he's here after a trade back, as long as they stay in that top four are pretty high. There's also a world in which the Cardinals go Jalen Carter and they end up with Will Anderson. That did not happen in most of my iterations, though. Jalen Carter is yeah. an awesome, awesome fit for their defense, too. They need a guy like Jalen Carter. So. I think either way is a win-win, and especially with the money that you spend for agency, this is the biggest win because you spent a little bit more on a couple edges. Uh, yeah. So this definitely worked out best for you there. Yeah. Uh, my first second-round pick, because uh, we both got one there, uh, 39, I got to save flowers while she from Boston College. I didn't sign as many receivers as Christians, so that's definitely a big need here. Um, very electric in space, so it's kind of a, an addition to Paris Campbell um, and more extension of it. Uh, I do think he's a three-level receiver. He's dynamic with the ball, especially after the catch. But he does lack size. His hands are inconsistent. Uh, and he, because of his size, he's not a great blocker. So yeah. there's a bit of concerns there, but I think he could easily work in as the wide receiver three in this offense, learn from Paris Campbell, grow. Uh, I did not sign Paris to a multi-year deal, so I think this is a perfect one-of-one. One. Let's build this position. And if Felix Jones works out the same way, good. 
But either way, we have our big body in Claypool. We have our full deep threat at Mooney. I think it's a good fleshing out of the receiver room. Yeah. Yeah, Flowers is pretty similar to Mooney in how he plays too, mm -hmm. but he has more athleticism, more speed, I think. I think he will be a guy pretty high up on their draft board. I just they need to get that that high second round pick to even have a shot at him because he will go in the top 40 for sure, yes. I think. I actually I've been mocking him in the first round recently and I there's I think chances it's just that back end of the first there's so many like different needs and receiver isn't like top of my list for most of them for sure yeah and this is a draft we've kind of seen it in a lot of mocks where receivers might fall a little further than we're used to over the last few years so it's not a great wide receiver class I keep saying that people keep telling me I'm stupid but it's it's just not it's not even close to last there's year no, or the year before there's no C.D. Lamb, uh, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson. You know, these guys have, yeah, these guys have, you know, freakishly grown. You know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, all these guys, yeah. they have. But going into the draft, we knew it was C.D. or Judy, top 10, most likely. One of them's going. Going into the draft, we knew. Our, uh, who else was with Jefferson? Oh, Chase. Yeah. No, Chase was the year after. Yeah, uh, with Jefferson. Uh, that was the C CD year. Wasn't? No, it wasn't. No, it went like right before him, too. It doesn't matter. But either way, Jalen we, Rager. we knew who the top ones were. <laughs> Not Rager. Uh, but we knew who the top ones were, so we knew they were going to be off the board. Uh, and that's not just that's just not the case for this. So we know who the top three are in this receiving class, but it's looking more and more likely that it will be like late teens uh, to 30 you know where they're going to fly off the board with the chance of one of them falling to the top of the second which would be amazing here for me but it's not what happened yeah yeah for sure okay uh my second round my first second round pick uh, is the 35th overall pick and i took john michael schmitz the center from minnesota um just they need to fix their center position that was a major issue in terms of pass blocking uh and schmitz has a a very nice uh, tenacious, um, tenacious. Yeah, I was gonna say tenacity, but tenacious. Uh, I love yeah, it. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he's got a tenacious uh, mindset. He's very physical out there. He's pretty much everything that I think the Bears are gonna be looking for in the starting center. And so I rolled with him here with the 35th overall pick. I do. I think there's a chance he's gone in the first as well. But there are a lot of guys that I think here at towards. I mean, in the second round. Pretty much with the draft from pick 20 to pick 50, they're all viewed very similarly. So yes. um, in almost every iteration of these mock draft machines, John Michael Schmitz was available. So, All right. Uh, my Both of our pick 53 picks are up now. I went with Dewan Jones, offensive tackle from Ohio State. Um, played a lot of right tackle. I think he could be a right tackle. I think he could be a left tackle. Obviously with mine. I brought in McGarry, so that's my right tackle. I'm not moving him to left by any means. It's where he's played. It's where he's staying. Uh, I think Dewan Jones can be good enough to compete for the left tackle position with Braxton Jones. Um, neither are great pass blockers. Uh, and Bra and uh, Dewan Jones has just absolutely rare size of, I believe it's 6'8", 350, I want to say. Um, I don't remember. Wingspan? Yeah, in, in his wingspan history. Yeah, he, he is an absolute freak. Um, he is a 
perfect molar, so the running of the system would be perfect for him. Um, he can get out into space quick as well, but he does really struggle in the passing game, so that's going to be his his growing area. So it's tight hips, heavy feet, redirecting isn't great. So the range and pass pro isn't good. So that's why, while he does have the size to be a back end of the first kind of guy and developmental guy, I think he falls to more of the back end of the second because he really hasn't shown besides, you know, one practice session of senior ball where people didn't try and do double moves on him or rush in and out or do anything besides go right into his paws. Uh, Not a good he didn't move. show anything on tape that shows me a, a an NFL caliber starting edge rusher won't just – trick him immediately yeah yeah he's he's not a first round pick to me i no, but but i understand like i understand why i've, I've seen him mock there a lot recently and i i get it um the size thing like the wingspan is gonna push him up a lot of boards like they're gonna say oh my god what can we do with this kid that said i i do think his feet are slow i also like out in space i think he's good i think he can get off balance even more than a lot of these like mauling guys um simply i i think he's better in a gap scheme but like he can move enough uh that said i i think that you take a shot on him i think that's a good move um why don't you give your 61st pick to uh since i yeah. don't have that pick uh so i went with gervin dexter the d tackle from florida um you're gonna see a lot of like chancy and mock drafts uh here in the second I think he's a top 40 player. I don't think he's anywhere near either of these two picks. Uh, I would say he's he's the third best D tackle for me, uh, and it's not really close. Uh, Dexter here I, I have as a top five D tackle right now. Uh, he shows a lot of potential, but just not a lot of consistency. So that's where he's going to – and that's technique, that's motor, that's everything. And you do, you do get that from Florida players from time to time. Uh so I, I do think he could develop in the system. They didn't get Jalen Carter or the top end tackle in my mock. So this gives them an upside to pair with Dalvin Thompson and Armand Watts and just trying to figure it out. Justin Jones figured it all out there. And I think he could be your developmental piece there. I, I do think he flashes really special talent, especially rushing and attacking in a four, three system. Uh, great size, length, uh, athleticism. He's he's kind of a freak athlete for the position as well. It's just he yeah. plays high, and his technique is lacking as of right now. Yep. He's a former five-star. Uh, those guys tend to get pushed up draft boards, too. He was like the third overall player in the 2020 class or something insane like that. I know he was the first D-tackle in this class by a wide margin, I think. I don't think there were more five-stars behind him, if I'm remembering no. correctly, but... Um, good pick here, but I do think this is his range. I think that's right. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he makes it out of 75. I think that would be his, his floor. Yeah, I I think there is a world in which he goes and blows up the combine and then pushes his way into first round talk too, um, yeah. for what it's worth. It's just, he's a project, I, but... I could get into top like 40 maybe just because yeah. of a freak combine, which is possible from what I've seen on his tape. It's just the other parts of his tape down here for me. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, I'm going to go with my 64 and then we'll kick back to you. Uh, so my third round pick, you, what's that? You didn't do your 53. Oh, yet. I didn't do my 53. You're right. 
Um, so my 53, I went with Derek Hall, the edge rusher out of Auburn. Um, just a, another traits guy with a lot of length that I think played really, really well in that Auburn scheme. Uh, once again, attack the trenches. I think that I, I actually, I'm going to couple mine together. I'm cheating here. So a 364 for me, I went Zach Harrison. I doubled up at edge with back-to-back picks within nine picks. Um, and to me, these, so Derek Hall plays with a lot of speed, speed to power. Zach Harrison plays with a lot of uh, strength and he plays with a lot of nuance. Um, and I think we saw a lot of that on his senior tape. Uh, Derek Hall is more the the traits a flashy guy. Harrison's a good athlete too. I just don't, I think that they counter each other almost perfectly. And now you're going and you're saying, these are my two young edge rushers that we're going to build on because we need to generate pressures. That's one thing the bears just did not do. They could not get to the quarterback last year. I do think a double dip here and in free agency would be a smart move. And those two players, I couldn't pass them up. I kept doing it, and I was like, man, they're here almost every time. I think that's realistic. I think those are good ranges for them. Uh, I think Harrison could push his way into, like, top 50 talk. But, um, yeah, I just doubled up the edge rusher here with these two picks. Yeah, and, and Harrison is kind of like the embodiment of pressure over stats as well. Right. With his career yeah. at Ohio State, nothing flashy if you're trying to look game by game, but every – Every play, he's pushing the line back. He's making plays. Uh, he's he's fighting to set the edge and push the rushes inside. He's he's doing all the dirty work, and I think that's a perfect compliment here. Uh, while he continues to rotate, like as he's going to rotate, because you signed edges, so this edge room is completely uh, different and evaporated and retooled, and every possible thing you can say. Um, yeah. And I do think he can learn a lot from these guys and. His his bag will be a lot better when he's tasked to take over, but I do mm-hmm. think he could be a, a high value player for them. And Derek Hall, like you said, just a, a raw athlete and speed, and I think he's got a lot of a long way to go as well. But both are great developmental pieces at the edge. I just took an edge early. You took the D tackle. I took the D tackle here. You took the edges. This is kind of how they're going to have to build it if they're going to attack both those positions as well as all their other needs. Right, exactly. All right, uh, why don't you go through the rest of your draft? You hit okay. hit us with the 64 and then knock the rest out. All right, yeah, 64 is kind of the last of the big ones for me, uh, so I'll go more in-depth on that. Jack Campbell, a linebacker from Iowa, uh, top-end size, physicality. I think he's 6'4", 250, so he's yeah, kind he's of a prototypical build of the the early 2000s. Uh, right. Great processor, fantastic leader. He's everything you want from that Mike position, in my opinion. Uh, he's a very high-end attacking Mike linebacker as well. Although, in fairness, he is gaining ground as a modern-day linebacker in range and pass coverage, especially in man coverage. Uh, I saw a lot of good plays, and uh, you know, I'm still – down the rabbit hole, I got a few more games to go to feel confident in this grade, but I saw some good things uh, in zone coverage uh, where he could attack. And um, so there's some good tools there. And you know he's smart and he can process, so I think he could figure it out. Uh, but I think he could be a, a really stalwart 
middle of your defense while you keep developing your D tackles. I think he can clean up everything for you. And you have your three more athletic linebackers around him, so he doesn't have to do as much. Even if he rotates in and he just plays first and second down for the first year or two, I think he could be an impact starter for you, which is yeah. a lot coming from a third-round linebacker. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, All right Um. so next is – Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver from Virginia. He had a pretty good senior bowl. Uh, one of the few wide receivers that really, quote unquote, stood out. I don't think any of them really stood out necessarily. Uh, but he's got the prototypical size, which a lot of this receiver room for the Bears does not have besides Chase Claypool. Uh, he's a vertical receiver. So now we're pretty much building out a full receiving core of deep shots and quick rounds. <laughs> Nothing in the middle. But yeah. that's where Cole Komet can clean up. So uh, he does have good ball skills and tracking skills. Uh, consistent release from what I've seen, especially at the Senior Bowl. Uh, obviously, I want to get more in-depth on him, but inconsistent hands. Not a very good yak guy either, so once he catches it, it's pretty much it. I hate comps. I, I think we've both kind of got over that. He's MVS. Uh, he's he's MVS. I mean, yeah. maybe a little bit bigger. I, I can't quite think of MVS's size mm-hmm. right now, but – He's, he's basically he's, MVS, uh, but he's closer to MVS's level now, and he's coming in as a rookie. So that's why I think he could grow. And this gives you two shots to the receiving core as well as Paris Campbell and what you're going to be extending and what you've already kind of paid the high prices for. I think it gives you a little bit more shot. And worst case, in a year or two, you're thinking, let's get a dominant alpha to add to this room more than, okay, we need to flush out this room. Because they basically had three receivers that, Especially after Mooney went down, they had like three receivers of nothing. So to yeah. get a room of five or six that you could trust to play every week is a big thing. Um, Qu- quickly, you go got ahead. an extra first too. So they have the capital to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, uh, which I think yes, they do. I think that probably is on their radar too, for what it's worth. So that's why we kind of, I think we both attack the wide receiver room with like, these are guys. And they might not be superstar guys, but they do have the ability to go get one of those superstar guys. I think we didn't really talk about the possibility of them trading for a a veteran wide receiver this year. I don't think they have the capital to do it currently. And even after the draft day trades, I don't think that they would go do that right now. I don't think they're in that stage yet. And trading, the only one that really would make sense to me from building a receiver room standpoint would be Hopkins. But it's just not the right move for this team. Um, same with Brandon Cooks. It's just not the right move. So it's just, it's better for them to try and build out the room and focus on your two top guys and see if you can build out the rest of it. And we've usually been good at identifying guys in you know fourth and fifth round that can really you know shine. You know, obviously last year at, we both kind of beat the drum for Kyle Phillips, and I think he has showed some things at the beginning of the year. Then the injuries kind of took away the rest of that season. I'm hoping Wicks and a couple other guys, uh, Reed and you know a few others, will be getting into that wide receiver show and depth and kind of like list off a few names at the end. I think we're gonna check off about six and then hopefully one of those hits. Um, so Wicks is a good fit there. Olu Aluwatimi, I'm gonna get used to it. I swear. Uh, the center for Michigan. In uh, you know, the back end of the fourth round, I think that's a fantastic pick for them. I didn't go out in free agency and get any center. I'm keeping Lucas Patrick. Uh, but I think this is a developmental guy for you. Four years starting in college, Virginia and Michigan. Uh, 
so much experience, football intelligence. He can be a leader of that position, and he's a really good pass blocker, which is the opposite of Lucas, <laughs> uh, but he's not a very good run blocker, in my opinion, right now. I think he's good with double teams and moving and you know realigning the blocking scheme, but him personally on anyone right in front of him, I'm not expecting him to maul them or dominate them or in any way. Uh, I don't think he has the best anchor as well, uh, which is a big thing for Sunderson pass game, but it didn't seem to affect him that much in the SEC hey, and the nope. Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Which one? Yeah, ACC, I think, but. Yeah, it is ACC. That's why I was like, that's not right. Um, but I, I think he's a he's a very competitive guy. I think he's going to continue to get better. Um, I, I do think he could be a potential center for you for the future, but he is at worst going to be a very good backup because he's going to be able to come in and not make mistakes. And especially if you like your guards, which they do, uh, even if they aren't the best, I think he can mask you know, white hairs, struggles, and passing game and Whitehair and Jenkins can carry him in the one game. So I think it's a good future pick for them. Um, moving on, Jalen Jones, corner, Texas A&M. This is just a shot in the dark at corner. Um, Fifth-round corners, you're hoping they can step on the field for you this year, be high-value uh, special teams guy for you. Uh, but he's got the good size. He's very physical. Uh, he's an attacking run defender. Pretty decent ball skills, but – Besides the press, I don't like his man coverage yet. Uh, again, I, I talked to, I think last episode, where I just kind of shotgun blasted the corner room, kind of looked at a, a game of everyone trying to figure something out. Um, so I, I got a lot of tape on him that I need to get through. Uh, but instincts, uh, especially in zone, had a lot to grow. He was pretty much just sitting back. Um, in transitions and leverages, I didn't see anything from the game I watched from him. Uh, finally, safety Tyke Smith. Again, I'm just taking shots at the secondary here. They also don't have a lot of safety depth, so I think Tyke Smith going behind Brisker is a smart thing, mainly because he he does he's kind of like Brisker, where he's a good move piece as well, from what I've seen so far at least. So, uh, and I do I will say a lot of his tape. I watched other people, and he was just on the tape. So, <laughs> uh, man against tight ends, I saw him shut down people. Uh, decent ball skills, but more just knocking it out. So you see it's not necessarily a free-range safety. It's more of an attacking safety in that regard because um, he's also not the best athlete, and he does have some injury history. So And he's not the biggest either. He's, I think yeah. he's like 5'9", like 175, 180. That's, yeah. But he plays bigger. It's just <laughs> he plays like he's 6'1", 205. It's just – yeah. No, I, I like the end of this draft here. Jalen Jones was getting hype as a potential first round corner, uh, <laughs> which is just insane. I get it, like another five star, uh, but he was a safety recruit and he didn't pan out there. And so they moved him to corner. I actually think that if he doesn't work out, you can try him at safety, but I don't think his corner tape is good enough. Um, he did grade out pretty well for PFF. And I think that they are fueling that uh, the higher round talk that's kind of he's gonna fall if people expect him to go in the first round i, I just don't see that as a, oh, hell no. a thing that's I, gonna happen but i think he could go in the fourth but again this is the top end of the fifth round is where i took him so right it's just yeah. this is such a deep corner class and 
And he's not one of the top eight, eight, I don't think. Huh? You know, I don't think he's one of the top eight corners. No, I, I'm not even sure. I don't think he's top ten, necessarily. Yeah. He's in contention, but, like, yeah. it's a good off class. the top of my head, I was... There was like four corners on the board there, and I was trying to pick which one would actually I thought would be there in the fifth more than yeah. the others. Um, yeah. and I went with him, yeah. But Tyke no, Smith was consistently there in the fifth, and I was like, yeah, basically I think a smaller, right. brisker makes yeah. sense. Why not? All right, uh, I'll give my day three here. Um, day three, fourth and fifth round. Uh, I started out with Zach Evans, the running back from Ole Miss and formerly TCU, former five-star. That is a kind of a theme that we kind of went with here. Um, but Zach Evans, to me, he's got some que- off-field questions. I, I think he's going to have to answer to why he was uh, in a committee both places, despite clearly being a very talented running back. Um, it, we talk about you know Khalil Herbert's uh, how he can bust off chunks. That's all Zach Evans does. Uh, he is a perfect fit for what the Bears want to do. So if he's here in the fourth round, I think that's a, a good, you put him, Herbert, and Penny in the same room for when Penny gets hurt or when uh, Zach Evans just has to be in a committee because that's all he's ever done. Um, but I love Zach Evans. He's still in a, a, my RB4 right now, I believe. Um, still very talented. Um that said, I think he is probably going on day three because of the, all that stuff that I just talked about. Um, yep, he's had if issues. Cons- if if your separator for this running back class is concerns, you're down the board. There's no question because this yep. is such a plethora of good running backs um, that are going to be getting rid of all of these Matt Breedas and you know all these plotters that are still around that shouldn't be at this point. Uh, yeah. They're all gone, and Zach Evans has taken that role. And I, I do think he would immediately put Ebner on the cut block. Like, yeah. I, I think he'd be the ideal, especially with what you built with Penny and uh, Herbert. I think he would work really well there, and I, he has a chance to take over the backfield. It's just I not think the first year, but I well, I think he, I think he has the talent to do it. It's just can he, he get his head I, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you you watch tape and don't look at anything else, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> I mean, ceiling wise, he's up there right behind Bajan. I think he has the second highest ceiling of any back in this class, and he's got to work on his hands, I think. But um, but yeah, yeah that's why I'd, I'd give it to Gibbs easily because of that. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, in between the tackles, Gibbs can't touch him. Yeah. And uh, fifth round. Uh, my first fifth round pick. I went with Parker Washington. Um, I don't know what receivers are going to be here. If I'm being honest, like I, I, I think I have a good idea, but like a month ago, I would have said Jaden Reed would be a perfect pick here. Then he went and showed out at the senior bowl. And I think that there's a chance that he sneaks into the third round now, just with this wide receiver class. So uh, he was there a couple times. I don't, I think he's a fourth round pick no matter what, if that's the case. Parker Washington, though, uh, he flashed at times. I There have been some Jahan Dotson comps because we're helmet scouting a bit. I think I, I understand it because they play in a similar way. Uh, on the other side of things, I don't think Parker Washington is quite the athlete that Dotson was, so I think he does fall pretty far in this, in this class. Um, and so here I just I went with a different type of slot receiver because I think that's what Parker Washington is. Uh, to kind of counteract Paris Campbell, but give you another option 
Um, and once again, I attacked the receivers in free agency, so I didn't really feel the need to to go out and get one on day two either. Um, then I finished up with uh, Trey Hodges Tomlinson, the corner from TCU. He's going to be a divisive player. He is a tiny boy. He's a tiny boy, but he's a very talented uh, tiny boy that it was productive in that TCU defense. He was kind of the driving force behind their good pass defense. He's just, he's going to fall because of size. We saw it a couple years ago with the kid that uh, also TCU. Uh, where did, where did Trayvon Merrick play? TCU. Safety. Who was who was the other guy that played oh. with him? You know the tiny boy. I can't. Think yeah, of his name. I I picture it. I can't. Yeah, because they had two safeties. Uh, the one went to the Ravens undrafted because of size. I think on film he was good, but he was just too small. Hodges Tomlinson is right there, but NFL bloodline. This kid's getting drafted for sure. Uh, it, for those that don't yeah. know, he is Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew. So. I'm very happy you put him in here. He was one of the four I was deciding between. I had him first, but I was like, you know, I'll go with the big guy. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) I I get both, both motives or like both ideas. And Hodges Tomlinson to me does not fit what the bears typically would look for. It's just, I think at some point they have to say good player played good. Let's get good players. Um, And that's what I want. Yeah. No, I agree, and uh, I'm always going to be behind Parker Washington because this is a pro Penn State wide receiver show. Uh, it's been some of our best uh, scouting critiques, so sure. I'm very happy to <laughs> stake sure. my claims on Chris Godwin and Jahan Dodson. So. Sure. Do you want to read your uh, your depth chart now? Yeah, very quickly. Obviously, Justin Fields, uh, Montgomery and Herbert leading the backfield, uh, Mooney, Claypool, Paris Campbell, Zay Flowers, Velas Jones, St. Brown, Dontavian Wicks. Kind of a scattershot wide receiver, but some good players there. Braxton Jones, Dewan Jones, one of them starting left tackle. Cody White here, Lucas Patrick, Devin Jenkins, Caleb McGarry starting line. Komet starting tight end. Miles Murphy starting edge. Justin Jones, Dalvin Thompson starting D tackles. Jonathan Gakwe starting edge. Uh, Nicholas Moreau, Jack Campbell, Joe Thomas, Jack Sanburn, all starting linebackers rotation-wise. They do multiple sets, so kind of have to yeah. list all four of them. Jalen Johnson, Greedy Williams, Kyle Gordon as your starting uh, corners. I also have Jalen Jones in here twice. They have mm-hmm. they have a Jalen Jones on the roster. Yeah, they do. It's not in there twice. They have one it's on the roster, which correct. is hilarious. Uh, Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker as your starting safeties. I again, I think there's a lot of patchwork, but I think this is a at least contending in the division team, especially with Rodgers gone. Yeah, no, I I agree one hundred percent. Or at least, I, I, or at least a scrappy fighting team like the Lions were this year. Right. I th- I think too. I, we didn't talk. A lot of what the Bears are going to do is very similar to what the Jaguars had to do last year, except they're a year ahead uh, because their quarterback is uh, year two in the system and they've had their coaching staff kind of implementing, you know, what they want to be. And so I think that between free agency and the the load of draft picks that they should have after a trade, um, it, I think it's going to be pretty similar to what we saw last year with the Jags. Uh, quickly, Fields, Rashad Penny, Zach Evans, Khalil Herbert, uh, probably Boston game. 
Shout out fullbacks. Uh, Mooney, Claypool, Paris Campbell, Alan Lazard, and Parker Washington rotating in. EQ St. Brown is your like fifth wide receiver. Valus Jones stays on the roster as a punt returner. Uh, yeah. And even that, he he muffed like punts. and But he started to build some things towards the end of the year as a kick returner. So I think that they do value him as a special teams guy at the very least. Uh, starting line, Braxton Jones, Dalton Reisner, John Michael Schmitz, Tevin Jenkins, Mike McGlinchey. That is exponentially better. Both of our offensive lines are exponentially better than what they were last year, which is a key to this offseason, I think. Yeah, it, the front, the fronts is where the Bears are going to be spending their money. Yep, playing for sure. Yep. Cole Komet uh, starting at tight end. So at defensive end, I don't really know who would start. I think it'd be probably Travis Gibson. Um, I, I think he showed a little bit, but he just wasn't productive. I think you'd end up starting your two rookies and Derek Hall and Zach Harrison with Charles Amenahu also being there as the starter. Um, you've got Zach Allen there as well. In my scenario, he probably finds a role. He would, he would have to start with the money you gave him, in my opinion. That's fair. I also think Zach Allen has the ability to rotate into that three-tech position with Jalen Carter never really having to play a ton of snaps. So I think that it it would just be one big rotation with all of those guys. They also have Dominique Robinson that they drafted last year. Um, so it would be a much better rotation than what they implemented this year. With my David Long signing, I did move uh, Jack Sanborn to Will because I think that he can excel there. And I think the will linebacker position is some one that they need to trust in this defense. So I'm just bumped Sanborn over, moved David long into middle linebacker. And then I did resign Joe Thomas uh, to be the Sam uh, corners, Jalen Johnson, James Bradbury, Kyler Gordon. I didn't sign anyone else. So their depth is still pretty rough here. And then Eddie Jackson, Jaquan Brisker, once again, because that is a good safety duo. Eddie Jackson's career resurgence last year, hopefully after the injury, will continue. But, um, but yeah, I, I like both of our builds here. I like it. Yeah, and then you have the TCU guy in there as well to be your corner. Oh yeah, yeah, four, four. five. Honestly, so, like I think he'd compete with Kendall Vildar to be. The I think he four. would. I think he would. Yeah. I just don't – my issue with him right now is I'm trying to – I have to try and figure out where he's playing just because he's not going to be able to take a lot of snaps at nickel because Kyler mm-hmm. excels there. So that's – Honestly – Size-wise, that's where he's going to fit. But I think he plays well outside. It's just – I think you could bump him out to safety and let him just be a coverage safety. Um, that said, they don't really need that currently like that's what eddie jackson is but it may be under his tutelage like that's where he gets some snaps early and then moves to corner i don't know i think he's a good player though so yeah i, I think you full set the defensive line <laughs> that's I, did. I think that's and then you spent money at the offensive line where i kind of i kind of spent money on the offensive line and then drafted offensive line and then full sent spending money on the defensive line just yeah. because i wasn't sure what would fall to me at nine and i think that's a big thing for the bears they have to try and figure that out because there's a good chance, you know, all three of the top edges and Jalen Carter are gone. And then you're sitting there like, well, do I go like Christian Gonzalez? Do I go Paris Johnson? Do I, you know, there's, there's a few ways you can go there. Do you, at this point it seems like reach on Brian Brissy. Uh, Do you like, there's a, there's a few options there. Um, 
and it's just tough to fully flush out what they would do. But I think in those situations, just from what the money they spent and who they have, like on my team, I think they would go Paris Johnson over Gonzalez, but it'd be close. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I get it. I just, I do think that they like what they're going to get out of Braxton Jones. And I think he showed enough as a rookie, it, it, you yeah. know, it, it wasn't perfect, but it, also couldn't have been with Cody Whitehair and a left guard all the time. Uh, he needs a better thing. guard next to him. And that's the thing. If that is the scenario and you have, and you do go Jones or Johnson or Skaronsky, like I think you get, you could easily get the best five out there. And that probably still entails Braxton Jones. Probably. In my build. Yeah. Obviously I didn't spend a guard. So. Right. For sure. All right. That'll do it for the, Friday fix of the Bears on Saturday. Um, we will be back franchise next. Fix. Yeah, franchise fix this week. Um, we'll be back some one of the days this week. We're gonna do our quarterback rankings. Um, we're gonna do a little bit different of a, a structure this year, but we're still gonna hit a ton of guys. So, uh, thank you everyone for watching. Uh, make sure you subscribe all the places. We'll also have some Marvel talk here in the next few weeks. I'm, I know I'm going to see Ant-Man next week. I don't know if Randy is. Uh, um, it won't be next week. Just okay. It is. Oh, the weekend. I, I got no. I got no time. I got no yeah, time. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but we'll we'll talk about it eventually. Got to talk about our boy Kang because I'm a big Kang fan and I haven't even seen the movie yet. So um, yeah, I, I think Sweetle try and go at worst probably that next tuesday so hopefully we can get through tuesday movie guys huh it's cheaper um yep it is the cheap day (laughs) for sure um yeah that sounds good we're broke even though we all three of us make the same amount of money we're all we're broke yeah yeah for sure um okay yeah that sounds good and we'll probably do that in the next few weeks but we will be back with quarterback rankings we'll be back hopefully next Friday with a Friday fix. We'll work around the Debbie Royale schedule, which was the issue. Greedy Debbie Royale. Yeah, I know. Well, it, he had a mailbag scheduled. Shout out Kevin, doing great work over there. We share he's, a streamyard account. Trying so he's just doing so much extra stuff, and I'm he's, so happy for him. It's just he's, he's doing great stuff. We love it's, we love. Kevin. It's almost like we should probably communicate when we're trying to do stuff. It's crazy. That was on me. That was all on me. But um, all right, guys, we'll, we're going to get out of here um, until next time. Um, once again, if you guys like have a quarterback you want us to hit on specifically, let us know. Obviously, about the big ones. Um, if you're like, hey, I want to know about Tyson Bajan, like let us know so we can talk about him. Otherwise, we probably won't talk much about Tyson Bajan. So um, all right, Randy, anything else? Uh, Super Bowl picks, just for on the record. I'm Eagles. Gonna go, I'm going to go Eagles. and the li- I know the line's like plus one and a half, but if I was betting, I would do Eagles. I think they got a plus three and a half. I would do that. Yeah. Or minus I've three got, and a half, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I've – yeah, yeah, minus three and a half. I, I think the Eagles are going to win by like a touchdown, honestly. Um, Coin toss, what do you got? Heads or tails? Let's get, tails. Let's get through all these. Tails. Tails never fails. I'm going heads just to be opposing uh, sure. national anthem over. I think it's two o three. That's I'm going over. Over. It's a country singer, right? Yeah, over. That's why it's exactly what I said. <laughs> over. I swear over. to God. Okay. Gatorade color. It's, it's. I'm going through the fun ones. Yellow. Yellow. I, I was going purple. Okay, I like that. 
I would like to see what both these teams had in their last Super Bowl wins. But yeah, because it seems I, like it seems like, like it's football players were they're probably gonna have the same color. I'm just saying. It's true. Okay. Any more? Any more fun ones? Longest fourth down conversion. I think the line's like two and a half yards. Over. Smash that over. It's the Super yeah. Bowl. <laughs> fourth and fourth and four is gonna hit in the fourth. I'm just quarter. I'm trying to help Christian make money and possibly make money for me. We'll see how that Listen, goes. I'll I'll give quickly my my best parlay that I so I have this wild parlay. Um it's it's not gonna hit, but I had a lot of fun making it. Um I'll read it just really quickly um 11 picks it's 11 legs so eagles minus one and a half chiefs over 20 and a half so chiefs to score three touchdowns jalen hurts over 199 and a half passing yards feels like a lock uh and that's going to be the one that doesn't hit now uh patrick mahomes over 249 and a half passing yards dallas goddard over 35 and or 35 receiving yards uh eagles over 26 and a half points Jalen Hurts over 34 and a half rushing yards, which is the one I'm like pretty skeptical about. Quez Watkins, eight receiving yards. <laughs> over, over. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster over 25 yards. Kenneth Gainwell over 15 yards rushing. And then the, <laughs> the last one that I didn't need to add, but I got greedy is a Dallas Goddard anytime touchdown. So... I think the Gainwell, you're gonna need like five carries from him, and that's where I'm. I know. I there don't know if he gets five carries. That it's... so that's that's my favorite one in terms of like I'm gonna have a lot of fun rooting for this, but the one that I think is actually gonna hit Eagles money line hurts over two twenty five, uh, and Devontae Smith over sixty. Pretty simple little parlay here. Yeah, I think the Goddard line's pretty safe as well because he usually gets about eight to twelve a catch. So yeah. I think he's getting three catches. So, yeah, I also have a little bet that Devonte Smith will be the uh, game receiving yards leader. So, yeah, I saw a lot of people doing Pacheco as rushing leader, and I'm not. I don't know about that. I I'm not like... against it, but I'm not I, the rushing leader of the game. I'm not betting because that's no. It's not with these. Not with these teams. It could be Jalen Hurts. Well, for God's sake. and now Clyde's back. So each team has three running backs. Yeah, it's yeah. Tough. I gambling has become a thing now, and I, I'm glad I move. I'm glad I'm here because I'd be worse. But I, I'm, you know, I'm making money. I'm making money moves. I got here. like thirty bucks riding in prize picks this week. Twenty five. Twenty. I still can't play prize picks. Yeah. So. Yeah. Stupid. It's it's gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I know Sweet's gonna be doing the same thing, so it should be yeah. a fun Sunday. You know. It's gonna be yeah. definitely gonna be relaxed, but unfortunately, yeah. I have registration on Monday, so I, I have to be at work by seven a.m. Um, that sucks. That's real. Bad. I have energy drinks. I'm prepared. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I have cases of them. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's get out of here. All right, uh, for Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later.